0: Hurry up, will you? Oh, not again. Will you please stop talking? Welcome to the Monday podcast. Just a brief insight into my mind on a daily basis. I guess out of the 10 fruit of the spirit, most people would not rank patience very highly, would they? Love, yes. Patience, hmm. And yet it's something that we need to exercise on a daily basis in all our relationships. The word Paul uses means long-tempered. It's it's often translated long-suffering. I think in the present NIV it's it's forbearance. Both these meanings are needed if you're to extract the full flavour of the word. On the one hand, patience is the ability to endure for a long time whatever opposition and suffering may come our way, to persevere without wanting retaliation or revenge. On the other, it's the ability to put up with the weaknesses and foibles of others and to show forbearance to them without getting quickly irritated or angry enough to want to fight back. So patience demands strength and stamina, and it depends on being able to exercise control over our reactions to others, including the reactions in our mind. You see, some people may appear very patient on the outside, but if we could only hear the soundtrack of their mind... I think we'd realise they're anything but. It's helpful perhaps to think what the opposite to patience is. Frustration, being short-tempered, loveless, a lack of peace, hurried, easily provoked, annoyed. And you see this in the church family, don't you, when we clash or disagree, when we misunderstand or conflict in our interests. It's provoked in us when people are slow to change, repeatedly make the same mistakes, when they nag or complain. Let's take a look at an example from the Bible of both patience and impatience. I'm reading from Mark uh, 6, verse 13. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Picture the scene, if you would. The disciples have just got back from a short-term mission trip to Romania. They're on a spiritual high. They want to tell Jesus how great it is, but they're also tired. I mean, really tired. Come away with me by yourselves to a quiet place. And get some rest, Jesus says. Picture a nice cottage by the lake. The disciples are messing around in the water. Somebody finds a football. They have a kick around. There's somebody else barbecuing fish. Another person sleeping in the sun. Lots of laughter. It's the perfect weekend. getaway. And then verse 33, the crowds turn up. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Jesus must have been tired as well, but he has compassion on this crowd. Sheep without a shepherd. No one to lead them, no one to protect them. So he teaches them. And the teaching goes on all day. Verse 35, by this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Can you feel the uh, disappointment of the disciples? They're tired. They're frustrated. They're hangry. They're most certainly not kindly disposed towards this lot. Tell them to go away. Then Jesus makes it worse, verse 37. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than a half a year's wages. Would you go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Oh, for goodness sake, what's with the questions, Jesus. Did you notice how they start to tell him what to do? It's late. They haven't eaten. Well, send the people away. Turn to buy their own food. Come on, Jesus. Listen up. We know best. It's never a great day, is it, when you're telling the Lord of glory how to run his universe? They're impatient. They've been looking forward to just one weekend of peace and quiet. And the hopes are smashed. So often I look to my needs, my love, my energy, my comfort. And when I don't get it, then I get cross. I get impatient. I'm not getting what I want and you're stopping me from getting it. Do you see how different Jesus is? Think how he's feeling. He wants to rest as much as any of them. He cares about his disciples. And this massive crowd turns up. But seeing that they're lost and in danger, he teaches them all day. Those of us who teach for just half an hour are exhausted at the end of it. Think of a whole day. But actually, it's worse than that, because we read just before this, Herod had John the Baptist killed. John was Jesus' cousin, so he's grieving. And yet his response is to look outward, to deny his only needs and look to those of others. Verse 39, Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. Patience costs It demands strength, love, emotional energy. It stops being about my needs and becomes about the needs of others. It means being prepared to put myself out. Yes, but someone says that's all very well. But uh, come on, are you telling me I should be a doormat? Is that what it means to be patient? Well, no, not at all, actually. Why don't we take a, uh, well... (laughs) A possible example in our church family, we're about to get some new chairs. Imagine that they arrive. I think they're coming next week. Everyone ooze and over their pastel shades of blue. But after the second service, someone comes rushing up to one of the leaders. What clock ordered these chairs? They're far too hard. They're the wrong colour. They don't stack properly. They take ages to connect. Now, the leader's tired. It's been a long morning, teaching the Sunday club, driving the PA, preaching. Their brain is addled, they're thirsty and hungry. Perhaps the first signs of a headache coming on. What they love is some encouragement and instead they get chair gate thrown at them. The temptation is either to take that frustration and anger that they are now feeling and throw it back at the person in a less than godly way, Or, if they're a different personality, to look very calm on the surface, absorb the pain, and then replay it in their minds where they get bitter and twisted. Patience, in this circumstance, looks like being honest. Not pretending everything is fine. It's not. But instead, then taking that to the Lord Jesus Christ, saying to him, Lord, I've got to be honest, this feels rubbish. I'm cross with this person. It seems so petty. I haven't got the energy or the headspace for this. Please, can you help me? Can you help me to forgive them if necessary? To love them? Uh, To understand what's pressing all their buttons? Do you see, we're not going outward. We're not going inward. We're going upward. And that may take some time. But eventually, you calm down. You've had some food. You get some perspective. Perhaps talk to somebody else who's talked that perspective into you. And you can go back to that person and answer them in a godly way. And that doesn't mean we roll over and stick our legs in the air. It might mean we challenge them. Or it might mean we seek to understand what's made them so angry. And often it's got nothing to do with the chairs at all. Perhaps the dog died that morning or they had a row with a partner. Ministry costs, any ministry does. Are we willing to accept the price? Impatience is selfish. Jesus was selfless and you know he has been infinitely patient with our sin and to top it all he was willing to pay the price for it. Let's take our example from him.